This is Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri. I'm Bill Pollack. Coming up, the story and life of one of Major League Baseball's most infamous players and his ties to Missouri. Many of us love to gaze at the stars and think about what's out there in space, but we don't have the passion that one Lake of the Ozarks resident has. He built his own observatory. We'll talk with Rhett Walters. And the historic Elms Hotel and Spa in Excelsior Springs is known for being a relaxing getaway with amazing food and drinks. Ashley Bird asked Dana Wynn to step away from the bar to share with us some of her favorite drink recipes in her job at the Elms. I work with all my outlets. That includes my the restaurant, the Three Owls, our uh, Cafe Sartarian, which is our cafe in the morning. And then at night, it's a wine bar. And then we have a tavern at night. We have a pool bar, and then I also help out with banquets. So it's a, it's a pretty broad spectrum. Um, it is. It is. <laughs> when it comes to like drinks or when a guest is asking me about drinks, it's more of what do you like to drink? Why did you make this? Why is it made like this? And honestly, it's, it's a fun conversation of, well, what do you usually drink? For example, here, let me go with the um, – I have our house-made – Barrel Age Manhattan. It's my own personal recipe. I'm a huge, huge uh, fan of rye whiskeys. And so, you know, whenever I'm talking to a guest who's like, well, I usually drink bourbons. I'm not a big fan of that spice. And it's a great conversation starter because it's something that people don't usually go to. They usually go to bourbons because it's sweeter. So I tell them, you know, this rye is it's spicier, you know, you have that flavor, it's bolder, and it's and it's nice to drink on the rocks. Um, it's it's great for all pilots. And I just go into detail of it. I, I could talk about food and booze all day. <laughs> We're talking to Dana Wynn, who's the Assistant Food and Beverage Director at the Elms and Excelsior Springs and, and lots of fun stuff going on there. So you said that's a barrel-aged Manhattan? Yes, Wow. Yes. And that's made. I'm a fan of rye, too. I kind of went from bourbon to rye for that spicy um, for that spicy thing. And um, what are some other uh, signature drinks that you make? And maybe give us a little bit. You said that was your recipe. Can you give away your recipe at all? Um, <laughs> I'll tell you right now, it is kind of a classic Manhattan say, with it being a rye. And with sweet vermouth, but I do add something else in it. So I'll give you that. <laughs> oh, okay. You can't tell us. You have to go all the way to the elms to get that, the missing ingredients, huh? For sure. For sure. Okay. Tell me some others. If I want to make, it's starting to become spring. There's still a little bit of a, you know, nip in the air. Something that still has maybe a taste of spring, but still has a little bit of attitude to it. Oh, for sure. You got to go with the classic horse feather. Originally, that came from Lawrence, Kansas. And as Kansas City as a whole, collectively, that is our drink in Kansas City. Uh, and so the horse feather is the go-to spring, summer, fall, winter, all the season, tornado season. <laughs> that is the, that's the, that's the cocktail that I would go to for, especially if you like that darker liquor. Horse feather. Tell me, tell me what's in it. Yeah. So think Moscow mule, but with a bourbon. Yeah. So you have your ginger beer, um, a little bit of lime juice and then your bourbon. Dana, let's talk about one of the most unusual drinks you make that at the Elms. Uh, what's one of the most unusual that you could actually tell us the ingredients for? So I, I live in the city, so anything I make with an egg white seems very unusual for most people in Excel, Excelsior. Um, you know, just that stigma of raw eggs. Um so we have a cocktail called the White Owl. It is a spinoff of a, a white lady, uh, gin-based. So it's uh, about an ounce and a half of gin, uh, lemon juice, uh, and egg white, uh, simple syrup. Um, we actually make our house-made star anise and Earl Grey simple syrup. And, um, you know, shake that up. You got that nice, foamy, um, I guess, texture, you could say. Uh, in your cocktail, and that's something that we have here. You make your own simple syrup with star anise 
and Earl Grey. That yeah. sounds delicious. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I love playing with food. I love playing with cocktails and anything where I let my bartenders have fun as a team where we could just create new flavors, especially if we could just make it in-house, makes it even better. That sounds lovely. Sounds like something I'd want to come by. Um, and that is a, from what I recall, that, that, that egg white, it actually is very refreshing, almost, um, you know, fizzy and refreshing in, in that drink. Yeah. So what it does, if you're not a gin drinker, you know, it helps. It's like a filter. <laughs> that foam is like a filter. If you, you're not a big gin, but with that, with the, the lemon juice and the simple syrup that's in it, it actually helps it like cleanse your palate. Uh, cocktail, but when you add that star anise and the Earl Grey, it has that nice, warm winter, fall feeling. One cool thing about the Elms, there's a lot of cool things about the Elms. This historic, historic spa and hotel, and we're talking to Dana Wynn, who is the assistant food and beverage director there, and sounds like she lets her bartenders have lots of fun in creating things. This is also a place that Harry Truman loved to go to. And there's a special suite there for Harry Truman. There's one for FDR, even one for some gangsters who used to love to go to that place. Um, but Truman had a preference for old fashions, or at least I heard that Bess, his wife, had a preference for old fashions. Um, you have your own spin on the Truman old fashioned. Yeah. So fun fact um, to you know, continue on a Truman and staying at the Elms. So we have room 300. Uh, that is Truman suite. And that's where he stayed during the uh, election where everybody thought that he was going to lose against uh, Dewey, uh, the Chicago Tribune at that time saying Truman lost. But at four o'clock in the morning, he gets a knock on the door from his secret service. Like you won. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, talk about, uh, Roller coaster of emotions there. But <laughs> it's an amazing story and it's it reverberates throughout this property, which is way cool. So tell me about this this special drink for him. Yeah, so we have the Truman Old Fashioned. Um based on history. Every morning, uh President Truman used to take a shot of bourbon. Um and coffee was huge in the Truman family. So what we did was made a nice classic old fashioned but with the twist, we added a coffee liqueur to it. So you have that nice warmth of that bourbon, but then that nice aromatics of the coffee to it. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Any other uh, drinks or um, other types of um mixology you want to share with us before we let you go back to work today we pulled you away from the bar so if you're not too much of an exotic drinker but you want something that is um just 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 fun is what would be one of the simplest things you make that still is a favorite for myself i'm a big gin drinker right so uh, my go-to is gin and tonic but if you want to have a little flair something a little refreshing something a little slightly sweeter so you're not tasting the pine <laughs> that pine taste of a gin um yeah. add a little bit of lillette you it's it's um a little smoother it's a little sweeter and it's it's refreshing for the summer it, it's like a floral liqueur but not too florally l-i-l-l-e-t it's what they put in a, a what james bond puts in his martini <laughs> No, see, a little bit more trivia. I'm going to be so sophisticated when I when I do this next. Um, <laughs> we're talking to Dana Wynn of the Elms in Excelsior Springs. Dana, you're a Kansas City girl. Um, so what led you to the historic Elms in, in this position? Two answers for you, honestly. Um, one is I've always been attracted to historical properties. Um, my previous property was downtown at a historical landmark as well. Um, but two, it's, do I want to drive 25 minutes downtown or should I drive 30 minutes north? <laughs> but honestly, it's more about the historic aspect of it. Um, we're on 16 acres of land. 
it, it's fun. The people are fun. We have a garden back here that we, in the summertime, we grow our own uh, herbs and veggies that we get to use in our kitchen. Uh, so there's a lot of fun creativity that I'm allowed to have here. So listeners, just show me today. If you go to Excelsior Springs, go to the Elms and ask for Dana Wynn. If she's there, I'm sure she will mix up something very interesting and fun for you at the Elms. Dana, thank you so much for joining us on Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for having me. Show me today. Women hear a lot about self-care these days. Advice on ways to relax, exercise, eat healthy, and more. Those are all great. But one of the most important self-care steps we can take is making sure we're financially secure later in life. That means saving money for retirement. It's never too late to start. And it's the kind of self-care that brings peace of mind that lasts. For small steps you can take to save for retirement, visit WeSaySaveIt.org. That's WeSaySaveIt.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. Ashiro's work is never done. You care for the house, the kids, and our future. We're so grateful for all you do. Now, it's time to care for yourself and save a little more for retirement. A free three-minute online chat can give you the personalized tips you need to boost your retirement savings now. Visit aceyourretirement.org today. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Talking to your kids about the dangers of vaping can be hard. Getting them to listen to hot gossip is easy. So here's some drama you could share with your kid. Dude, did you hear about Cassie and Jake? No, but did you hear that vaping can cause irreversible lung damage and nicotine affects brain development? <gasps> Nuh-uh. You don't need to gossip if you want to have an open conversation about vaping. So if you want to get tips on when and how to talk to your kids, visit talkaboutvaping.org. Brought to you by the American Lung Association and the Ad Council. As a truck driver, I've learned how important road safety is. I know that large trucks need more time and room to stop. That's why I always hang back and follow other vehicles at a safe distance. Everyone can help keep our roads safe. Next time you're driving, try to remember to always give trucks extra space when you merge in front of them. Let's all plan to share the road safely. Learn how at www.sharetheroadsafely.gov. Do you worry about how much someone drinks? Do you feel angry or depressed most of the time? Do you feel neglected or unloved? Do you feel that if the drinker loved you, she or he would stop drinking? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you are not alone. Not everyone trapped by alcohol is an alcoholic. Families and friends are suffering too. Al-Anon and Alateen can help. Call 1-866-200-0223 or visit alanon.org slash help. The United States Deputy Sheriff's Association is a national nonprofit and the largest non-governmental provider of services to law enforcement. The USDSA assists city, county, state, and federal agencies with free safety equipment donations and officer survival training along with cash donations to families of law enforcement officers who perish in the line of duty, college scholarships for the children of law enforcement, a citizen awareness program, and more. For more information on the USDSA and how you can help, visit usdeputy.org. This is Show Me Today. I'm Bill Pollock. We all love to look at the stars and gaze up there, find the constellations, the North Star. And, but uh, my next guest uh, has taken it a step further. Uh, Rhett Walters has created his own observatory at the Lake of the Ozarks. Rhett, welcome to Show Me Today. Well, thank you. How do you even start to go about making your own observatory? That uh, blows my mind. Um, well, uh, it's an interesting uh, question. Um, for the most part, it's something that I've always dreamed of doing. Uh, I've had a, a large telescope that I built um, back in the early 2000s. It was very difficult to move around um, and get set up every time I needed to use it, and it's always kind of been an aspiration to have a permanent location to actually uh, do that. So, um so, so it's always been something on my mind. Um, I've done some, a little bit of research over the years on how to do it. There's lots of people out there on the Internet, believe it or not, that have done it. And uh, there's lots of ideas you can gain from looking at other people's um, uh, designs to come up with your own type of uh, scenario. All right. Now, give us the name of your observatory, because I want to make sure I say it right the first time. 
Well, it's it's uh, Lake of the Ozarks Workshop of the Telescopes, uh, also known as LOZWOT, L-O-Z-W-O-T-T. The LOZWOT Observatory. All right. Uh, and you've yeah. got, uh, I, I'm seeing some pictures on this from uh, ruralmissouri.org, uh, uh, and we've had them on the program before. I mean, you've got computers hooked up to this, and, and so you can kind of see a live view of what's going on? Yeah, so the funny part is is that um that the whole thing that that really pushed me to to go ahead and build the observatory was my wife uh saw an estate auction in late 2020 or actually it was probably 2019 um uh on uh, that somebody had was here in the Warsaw area was selling uh need telescopes uh, at an estate auction. And um, so I'm like, well, what kind of telescope? And she goes, well, it says an LX200. And I'm like, um, we're going to go to that auction <laughs> because uh, the Mead LX200 series is uh, is a bit, one of the most popular um, telescopes of its type, and it actually has a computer control option on it. And uh, that's something that I've always wanted to have um, and was also key to actually being able to do most of the things I've done with the current uh, system I've got set up. So, um essentially has a computer board built into the base of it that you can interface with computers uh, to control it and uh, and control accessories attached to it. Rhett, as you uh, work on your LASWAT Observatory, we're with Rhett Walters, by the way, uh, and what's your full-time job? Um, I'm the director of IT and network engineering for Como Connect. Whoa. Um, Como right. Connect. Of course you are, director of IT. I mean, I'm thinking, all right, who could set up their own observatory? But uh, Rhett lives uh, in Lake of the Ozarks, and he's got this uh, uh, he's got a couple of huge telescopes, and he set up his own observatory. Um, when did you first get the itch? How old were you when you became fascinated with um, the stars? Well, um, I was fascinated with the stars from a very young age. Um, I've always been, you know, kind of fascinated with space and things of that nature when I was a kid and my grandfather sought notice this in me and I was probably about four, probably four years old. And he decided for my birthday, he was going to buy me a telescope. <laughs> so, so he went out and uh, actually bought a little tiny three inch Edmund scientific reflect reflector, which Edmund scientific, I'm not even sure if they exist anymore. I think they do. Um, in, in New Jersey, and uh, I was so young, I could never figure out how to use it. Even my parents had trouble how to uh, uh, figure out how to use it. So I had this thing up until about seventh grade when I decided I was going to learn how to use it and uh, spent some time researching in the library about, you know, looking at the stars, navigate the sky, and uh, decided I wanted to be able to find the planet Jupiter. Uh, did the research to figure out it was visible, and the first time I took the telescope out that I would already had for several years at that point, really used, I uh, was able to um, find Jupiter and see the moon and was just completely hooked from that point on. Oh, I bet. I bet. All right. So you're obviously uh, in grade school, junior high, you're looking at, at Jupiter. You've gone past uh, just looking at the craters on the moon. In your uh, Laswat Observatory, how deep into space can you see? Um, it, it, I can see galaxies, um, nebula, um, pretty much uh, it's it's hard to explain really, but uh, you know the galaxies you can see are, are uh, many light many uh, hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of light years away. Um, so the nearest one to us is like 2.2 million, I think, and that's the Andromeda Nebula. And there's ones that are further than that. Um, so you can see quite a distance. Uh, now the funny part about um, visual astronomy is is that most of these things, when they're that dim, look like fuzzy spots. There's only a handful of stuff. They can actually see some detail on, even with a large telescope. Yeah. And that's kind of where the video astronomy and the cameras come in. Yeah, gotcha. So do you have a website where people can watch your stuff and follow you along? Um, so, so right now I have a blog that I've been updating. I haven't updated for a while because um, I've had some uh, progress stalled on just getting time to go up there and work with it. Um, the, the website is lozwat.com, uh, L-O-Z-W-O-O-T dot com. And um, it, uh, there's a blog out there that I intend to post, uh, you know, progress as time goes on. At, at a point in the future, I will be able to live stream the images from the camera and the telescope out to the Internet to anybody who's interested in, um, in uh, looking at it. And I'll try to keep update on progress of that capability on the website as time goes on. Rhett, do you uh, talk or share any ideas with uh, other ast astronomers or uh, stargazers uh, in Missouri? Is there a big group? Um, 
So I don't, I'm, the, I'm not a former member or formal member of any groups at this point. I, I was at one time uh, in the in Topeka, Kansas. It was the NECAL group or the Northeastern Kansas Amateur Astronomers League I belonged to for a little while. Um, there, I know there are some, I think there's one in Columbia here in Missouri. Um, one of these days I might try to reach out and, and uh, get something going with that. But right now I'm not really formally part of any groups. Um, I do participate in some listservs that have the same camera system as I have, so you know I bounce questions off of people there. But they're all over the world, essentially. Yeah. So this is your. How big of a room is your observatory? Give our listeners an idea of just how big. I mean, you're sitting in a room and there's a, a desk and. Yeah. So so there's the whole building is ten foot by twenty foot, ten foot wide, twenty foot long. Um, the entire roof um, slides off the back, essentially on a uh, custom. Uh, design, it's kind of hard to explain, but basically, uh, casters and angle iron track that rolls off to a frame that supports it on the backside of the building. Um, the observatory place itself, or the area where the telescopes is, is the full width, so 10 foot, um, by about, uh, guessing about 14 feet. Um, and then the back part of the office and the picture uh, that you see in the magazine is, uh, essentially the rest of the building on the backside of it. Yeah. Wow, I, I love that, and, and I love hearing you describe the detail that someone is, uh, I mean, you would consider it a hobby, right? I mean, you've got a full-time job, there's something you like to do on the side, I mean, that you're that passionate about it that you've you've really built this beautiful observatory and re- really have kind of covered all the details. It's uh, neat to see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's been a lot of fun, and it is definitely a passion uh, as well as a hobby. Yeah. Has there been, what's been the, the one thing, or maybe there's a couple that you've looked up in the sky and you've seen and it's, it's either moved you emotionally or that you caught and said, boy, I didn't, I didn't notice that before. Something that, that really got you excited where you, you know, maybe ran from the observatory and, t- and told your wife, Tiffany, who's helped you with this. Tiffany, you're never going to believe what I saw. <laughs> so, um, since I built the system, uh, and the observatory and had the advanced telescope with the computer aiming, I've seen a lot more stuff than I've ever seen previously in all the years I've been looking at the stars. So, um, so yeah, I, there, they, probably the first thing I can tell you that, that moved me a little bit and really excited me was the first time I tried to look at the Crab Nebula with the new setup. And the Crab Nebula is a very dim uh, supernova remnant in uh, the constellation Taurus, so it's only visible in the wintertime for the most part. And um, I, I've been looking for this thing with other telescopes, including the one I built for years, and never found it. Um, so when I programmed the coordinates in for this thing and it went to it and it was there in the, in the viewfinder and in the main eyepiece, I was just astounded. Yeah. So um, it wasn't a lot to look at, but just the fact that I actually found it for once was like, yeah, that was a rundown the hell moment. So you got to come look at this, you know. Yeah, first thing yeah. I've seen, you know, first time I've ever seen this thing. So, and I've seen several other things since then that that were, you know, just been like, wow, that's incredible. So, <laughs> Rhett Walters, uh, everyday guy in Lake of the Ozarks, built his own observatory. Uh, your friends come over. You get friends come over. I bet they like uh, hanging out at the observatory. Uh, oh my, yeah, I've got a couple neighbors have been up there a few times with me. My cousin lives nearby. He's been up there with me as well as uh, his uh, his son-in-law. Um, and, uh, I, I definitely, uh, once I get everything ironed out, all the systems ironed out, I, den- I tend to have an open house for my, uh, my fellow employees at work, uh, uh on the, uh, whoever wants to come out and see it and, uh, potentially more at some point in the future. That's great. Well, it's very interesting. I, I love looking at the stars myself and gazing up there and boy, you've, you've taken it to a whole different level. That's, uh, that's great. Uh, the website again is Lazwat, L-O-Z-W-O-T-T dot com. He's working on it. He'll get a blog going and uh, who knows? You might be able to go to an open house sometime, uh, for Rhett Walters. Rhett, thank you so much. It was really great, uh, catching up and spending some time with you. That's awesome. Thanks for the opportunity to talk about. Yeah, yep, no doubt. All right, this is Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri. Meet Ed, movie buff, animal lover, safe driver. Five years of driving an ambulance teaches you a thing or two. If people knew what I know, lives could be saved. When I see a car trying to rush past the turning bus, I get concerned. You see, when big vehicles turn right, they have to swing wide to make the turn. And that's a lesson you don't want to learn the hard way. When trucks and buses turn, let's you and I wait. It's It's our our roads. It's It's our safety. safety. Visit www.sharetheroadsafely.gov. 
If you talk and they will hear you why are we getting killed like this? Kyle's not here. Got caught drinking during the park a couple of nights ago. Really? Yeah. Zero tolerance. He's out for the season. Harsh. Hey, he knew not to drink. We've made that clear to all of our kids, right? Uh, no, not really. Bill, if we don't tell them what we expect and why they shouldn't drink, how are they going to know? Talk. They hear you. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. All the talks we've had over the years, including what you've told me about not using alcohol and other drugs, they stick with me. And believe it or not, they really do make a difference, especially at times that matter most. Hey, want a drink? No thanks, I'm good. So thank you, Dad, for talking and preparing me for what's ahead. Thank you for talking. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Hi, it's Tori DeVito. In every family, small conversations can make a big impact. Like when my dad shared his experiences as an alcoholic. Your honesty about that part of your life gave me a sense of integrity that I wanted to uphold in my own life. I wanted you to know from someone who's been in recovery more than 30 years now that hard work is what creates success, not alcohol or other drugs. I said it a lot, and I'm glad you took it to heart. Talk. They hear you. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. When it comes to vaping, the truth can get clouded. So let's make it clear. Vaping is not safe for kids, teens, or young adults. It's just not. Because vaping can put microscopic particles into your lungs. And dangerous things like metals and volatile organic compounds into your body. And nicotine, the same highly addictive substance found in regular cigarettes. Nicotine can harm a person's brain development through their mid-20s. Affecting learning, memory, attention, and impulse control, and priming the brain for other addictions. Vaping products also come in kid-friendly flavors that can make them appealing to youth. And many kids also use other drugs, marijuana, and vaping devices. With appealing flavors, high nicotine levels, and lots of promotion on social media. Many kids think vaping is harmless, but it's not. So talk to your kids about the risks of vaping, because when you talk, they hear you. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Email from school about the incident today. Scary. Tell me about it. Did you have any idea that was going on? None. I mean, you saw Derek at the game last night, too. Did you have a clue? No, but you know, teachers like me, parents, we don't always know as much as you guys do. Kids hear first about what's going on with other kids. Half the time, it's rumors. It can be hard to tell sometimes, but if you're ever concerned about a friend who's having trouble with alcohol, prescription drugs, bullying, violence, anything, you need to tell an adult. Mom or me, a teacher, coach, school counselor, someone you know and trust. Dad, no kid is going to tell an adult about that kind of stuff. I get it, but if we don't know, we can't help. Speaking up about a problem, that's what helping a friend is all about. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Back on Show Me Today, the first half of the 2023 legislative session in the Missouri Senate ended on a whimper. After a two-day filibuster, senators gaveled out and chose to go home for their spring break one day early. They'll be back after the 20th, but Anthony Morabeth caught up with Senate Majority Leader Cindy O'Laughlin. I would say that the Senate is actually functioning well this year. I think that that is a combination of things. I'd like to say that's all me, but it's not. Uh, we have a lot of good people in the Senate, both parties, and um, I've, I think the president pro tem, which is Caleb Rowden, is doing a great job helping try to get around some of the landmines that, that are inevitable. So some of the things that people maybe don't realize, maybe they do, we have 34 senators, 24 of them are Republicans, and... I often get the question, well, you have a supermajority, so why don't you just pass that, whatever they're talking about? And, you know, the response to that, the one that I like to give is, well, not all Republicans are equal. They don't all believe the same thing. And then when you throw in 10 Democrats who really are ideologically mostly on the other end of the spectrum, 
you really have a mixed bag of opinions and ideas and priorities. Each person comes here with a um, individual background, individual beliefs. And so when you get to the big topics, like one that we had this week, we were talking about Senate Bill 49, Senator Moon, had filed a bill about some of the activities that are taking place around transgender individuals. And on the Republican side, I would say that we're pretty well united that if you are a child under the age of 18, you really do not have the emotional maturity to make a decision that, hey, I was born a female, but I'm actually a male. We believe there's a lot of social contagion going on. Um, all, all of society seems to be in a bit of an upheaval. Young people, I think, are particularly susceptible to that. And uh, claiming that you're transgender, I mean, maybe you are. Maybe you truly do have a gender dysphoria. But in looking at statistics, you you find that it's really a very small percentage of people that have gender dysphoria. So I, I believe that we have kids claiming they have it just because it's a means of getting attention. And as we heard a couple of weeks ago, places like Washington University are putting kids on medications, cross-sex hormones, uh, maybe doing uh, surgeries, which are, for the most part, irreversible on children. And we believe that is wrong. So we brought the bill up. Um, of course, we are we were approaching spring break. We had negotiated with Democrats already a bill which kept men from participating in women's sports. That's a part of this whole issue. It banned gender surgeries, mutilating surgeries. And really the sticking point was we want to ban kids being put on hormones that have very long-term effects that some of which are irreversible. And that kind of was a sticking point. Uh, some of the Democrats didn't, didn't want to agree to that. So we did have a couple of days of filibuster and ultimately the caucus voted to lay the bill over, which means it will be brought back up. And we talk about our strategy and how we go forward from here. The one way to stop a filibuster other than getting an agreement is to use what is called the previous question. And when you do that, it stops debate and you can and the, you can get a vote on the bill. But I was not going to allow that to be used mid-session because Democrats would then logically gum up the works, for lack of a better word, because if they don't, and they don't make you miserable and keep anything from getting through after that, then, you know, from their perspective, why wouldn't we use that all the time when we when we can't get past them? Talking with Senate Majority Leader Cindy O'Laughlin of Shelbina, and uh, obviously we're following up what has transpired leading into the legislative spring break. So uh, some of the other things that are happening in the Senate is uh, one of them that I think is rather fascinating is Senate Bill 131, uh, sponsored by Senator Bratton, if I'm not mistaken. It originally started out as a bill that looked to exempt taxes on firearms and ammunition. So how is uh, trying to exempt uh, taxes on some things working in the Senate so far? You know, Republicans like to say that they're small government, um, the least amount of taxation that you can get. Um, and as you know, there are, it seems like, a zillion ways to tax the public. And then that tax revenue is used to grow government. So, so I would say that most of the Republicans are united in opposition to having too much of that. But as you also pointed out, anytime you have a measure come up that talks about taxation, the next thing you know, there's 20 amendments on the bill, all of which relate to other forms of taxation. And pretty soon you have a monstrosity that ends up costing so much money with really no plan for, okay, 
for instance, we, we have a senator who wants to do away with personal property tax, and he brings that up every year. Well, you know, if you just went out and asked the average citizen, well, how do you feel about personal property tax, they would tell you they don't like it, and they'd love for you to get rid of it. But here's the reality, particularly in rural areas, which is 80% of the state, and I'm from a rural area, those taxes are what helps pay for your roads and schools and ambulances and things that I think people feel are really necessary. So what I've told the people in my district is, hey, I'm for, I'm for getting rid of that, but what do you want to get rid of? Because the, the revenue is going to, to drop dramatically. So either we have a plan for how we deal with that, or we don't pass it because it's just poor policy. What other sort of ideas uh, are you guys looking to help create sources of revenue and ideas for that for the uh, Missouri Senate and other things that you're sort of working on for the second half of the legislative session? If you don't plan strategically for what you actually need to spend money on, it won't matter how much money you bring in, you'll never have enough. So I'm not a government fan. I think that government is largely unaccountable. Um, it grows and grows and grows, but if you're asked what it, what is the value we're getting for this, I think most people would find very little value. And realistically, it's funded by people's hard-earned income. So we're taking away from people who are working in the private sector, largely, and funding the public sector. And I, I'm not a real proponent of that. So I think we need to cut regulations we need to find a way to help people be able to prosper independent of government. Um, so we're looking at some of the things we need to do. One of those would be to reform welfare. Uh, I mean, every business in America is desperate for people to work, and yet we have this huge uh, welfare role. And so part of the reason people stay on welfare is if they go to work and they make too much money, then the welfare gets taken away from them. And so, you know, maybe you're making an extra $400 a month, but the reality is then you're going to have taken away from you something that the value might be $700 a month. So, you know, people aren't stupid. They make the decision, well, we just won't work we or we won't take a promotion. And so we're trying to find a way to help people work their way up and out of welfare without putting them in a position where they earn an extra dollar and we're going to take away more than they can earn, because obviously that's a real disincentive. So we have some welfare reform ideas. Um, one of the other things I think helps a state prosper is to have a good highway system. I think MoDOT is um, kind of poorly managed and... If you drive across I-70 or I-44, or particularly if you drive on any rural highways, you can see that we we need to upgrade a lot of the road surfaces, and not just with a little bit of asphalt, which wears off in about three months. So I think addressing road problems is one way of helping your state. Um, if people can get to you and you have a decent uh, road system, and we're right here in the middle of the country, you know, you're going to have a lot of commerce coming and going, but you need to have a system that works for the people that are traveling on it. So I think that's another thing that we can do. Education, we are looking at reforming. It has largely gone off the rails. Uh, Desi just released a report on schools. Many schools uh, have kids who can't read at grade level can't do math, and this needs immediate attention, and so we're working on that. So every one of these issues is um, defended by different special interest groups, so it, it makes it pretty interesting trying to figure out how you're going to get it done. But those are some of the things that we're working on. And this is Show Me Today, Voice of Missouri. When it comes to vaping, the truth can get clouded. So let's make it clear. 
Vaping is not safe for youth. Because vaping can put microscopic particles into your lungs. And dangerous things like metals into your body. And nicotine, which can harm a person's brain development through their mid-20s. With appealing flavors, high nicotine levels, and lots of promotion on social media. Many kids think vaping is harmless, but it's not. So talk to your kids about the risks of vaping. Because when you talk, they hear you. Learn more at underagedrinking.samsa.gov. We all make choices about alcohol. Kids make choices whether to drink or not. Bye, Dad. Remember, I'm going to Alex's party tonight and sleeping over. Hey, Em, remind me about that party again. And adults make choices whether to talk about it. That's true of parents and every other trusted adult in a kid's life. Kids want to know our expectations, and they want honest answers in everyday conversations. So talk with your kids and help lead them on a positive path. Because when you talk, they hear you. Learn more at underagedrinking.samsa.gov. I'll be here to hear what's on your mind. As an adult, kids want to know you're listening to them, but they also want to listen to you. When it comes to alcohol, they want to know your expectations and how and why to avoid underage drinking. Talking early and often about it in everyday conversations reinforces your message and keeps lines of communication open. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Over the past few years, the COVID-19 pandemic has affected how we live our daily lives. Today, one in five Americans experience emotional and mental health challenges, but many of us do not understand what we are facing or how to ask for help. At the American Psychiatric Association Foundation, we work every day to eliminate stigma, combat mental illness and substance use disorders, and advance mental health. If you or someone you love needs help, you are not alone. Please visit mentallyhealthynation.org to learn more. Do you worry about how much someone drinks? Do you feel angry or depressed most of the time? Do you feel neglected or unloved? Do you feel that if the drinker loved you, she or he would stop drinking? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you are not alone. Not everyone trapped by alcohol is an alcoholic. Families and friends are suffering too. Al-Anon and Alateen can help. Call 1-866-200-0223 or visit alanon.org slash help. The United States Deputy Sheriff's Association is a national nonprofit and the largest non-governmental provider of services to law enforcement. The USDSA assists city, county, state, and federal agencies with free safety equipment donations and officer survival training along with cash donations to families of law enforcement officers who perish in the line of duty, college scholarships for the children of law enforcement, a citizen awareness program, and more. For more information on the USDSA and how you can help, visit usdeputy.org. We're back on Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri. I'm Bill Pollack. Coming up next week, we'll have the story of infamous baseball player Carl Mays, who grew up in Missouri and will be ever be known for throwing a beanball that killed a Major League Baseball player. And now there's two women in southwest Missouri that are trying to restore his reputation. That's coming up next week. Albert Pujols played 12 seasons for the St. Louis Cardinals, putting in a tremendous amount of work on and off the field in the city of St. Louis. One state representative is trying to give him his props. Cameron Connors with State Representative Marlon Anderson of St. Louis City. I'm assuming this would be bipartisan, especially in Missouri, or are there too many Cubs fans in the building or more than I thought that are trying to vote it down? <laughs> Stuff like that. <laughs> I think we can actually do this consent. However, I would not take that chance. You know, Baseball is America's sport, despite what people may say about football and everything. And everybody in the house is pretty receptive to it. And I like to thank our Speaker of the House, Dean Plocker, because he's a big baseball fan and he sees my vision and he referred it to committee. You know, so this is a very good thing for both people on both sides of the aisle. Fantastic. Referred to committee. And you touched on your vision. Speak about that a little bit more. So this would be January 16th, which is Albert Pujol's birthday. So in, in those regards, what do you see for if it, if it gets passed? What would Albert Pujols Day mean to Missouri, and how do you think that they would respond to it? It's basically just giving homage to his accomplishments on the field and off the field because his career baseball is in, his career accolades in baseball is just as pre- impressive as he's done in his charitable work. So I would like to see, you know, community events. I've talked to the Pujols Foundation, and they're uh, receptive to doing like some uh, community giveaways, some educational things, and also trying to get a baseball camp before spring training for underprivileged individuals. Okay, okay, fantastic. That would be that would be great. And then 
Have you proposed this before? Is this the first time around? This is the first time around, given the fact that he's retired now and all that stuff, and he hit 102, well, I'm sorry, 702 home runs. He's done like so much for the community and so much for the game of baseball. And given the fact it's bipartisan from the St. Louis and the Kansas City side because he went to junior college in Kansas City and he went to high school in uh, Fort Osage. So I think it's good for everybody on this, in the state. But, yes, it is the first time for me proposing it. And we'll have it. We're actually going to vote on it, I believe, the 20th of next week. Vote on it the 20th of next week. In committee, that is. In committee. Okay, vote on it the 20th of next week in committee. Yeah, no, that's extremely exciting times. And to your point, it truly is a replication of, or it it represents all of Missouri, not just the St. Louis area. But so that's definitely something that would be interesting to see. And it's good to know that you already reached out with with his foundations and such as well, because I'm sure that this is something that both sides are pretty excited to jump on if it gets through, right? Indeed, indeed. I think it'll get. I think it'll get through. We have a lot of steam behind it and stuff like that. A lot of people have been questioning me about it and all that. And I just want to give homage. You know, so many times we wait until someone is deceased to give them. I believe in giving people their flowers while they can still smell them. And Albert Pujols is arguably one of the greatest Cardinals and one of the greatest baseball players in general. You're absolutely correct. I don't really think there's much argument there, especially when you're one of four people to have 700 home runs and <laughs> and also a very exclusive <laughs> club with over 3,000 hits. It's definitely amazing to see. And I, I love your response about that, giving people their flowers while they're still here, because that was one thing that was right before you said it that was curious to my mind. Usually a lot of these memoriam or memoriam days and such don't come around until people go away and they, they don't they don't have the chance to see it. So I really like your, your point of view there. Indeed, indeed. It's time like we can't wait for somebody. And when someone passes or goes on to the next life, we're always talking about their accomplishments and things of those nature. Let's do it now. Let's let them know that we appreciate you, Albert. We appreciate the things you've done in the community, in the St. Louis area, in the Dominican Republic and in baseball in general. This is Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri. I'm Cameron Connor. We're here with State Representative Marlon Anderson out of St. Louis City talking about a bill that he has proposed to make January 16th Albert Pujols Day. That is Albert Pujols' birthday. All right, and what are the, maybe this would be a a perspective question through the conversation, but so if this were to go through, the first Albert Pujols Day would be this next upcoming January. Have there been any talks about getting him out there to some sort of, to get Albert Pujols himself out there (laughs) to to see if Um, there could be anything with him? I have reached out to the foundation and I've talked to the uh, lobbyist, Ms. Barger, and Possibly, if it goes through, but you know, I don't want to be premature. I'm knocking on wood and keeping my fingers crossed because it's, it's very hard to get things passed in the legislature. But I think with under the leadership of Dean Plocker as the Speaker of the House, it'll get through. It'll get done. Marlon, is is there anything else that you have in regards to the bill itself? Can you maybe give some more information about the, the logistics of actually which House bill it is and things like that? So if people want to read up on it themselves, they can go check it out. That would be... House Bill 999. How could I forget that? (laughs) House Bill 999. Great. Great. And, you know, if individuals are very excited about it, they can always reach out to the Speaker of the House's bill and tell them that they're interested and they want to support the bill and that way we can get it going. And I really do appreciate Dean Plocker because he's been real receptive to working with people on both sides of the aisle. Okay. No, yeah. Fantastic. And if, if I'm correct, Marlon, you're originally from St. Louis yourself, correct? Yes, sir. Born and raised. That is correct. Born and raised. So I'm assuming that someone like Albert Pujols was probably one of, if not among, your favorite players growing up. Very true. Very true. Very, very true. I used to, I remember when he first came into the league and everything, he was NL Rookie of the Year, got us two World Series. I remember I came back to St. Louis in 2011 from law school, and that's the year we won our last World Series, and it was unbelievable. Unbelievable. So anytime he had an event or a parade or any game, I would go down there. It's it's just it's an honor to actually be the first person to try to do this for him because he definitely deserves it. Yes, no, absolutely. Yeah. And coming back in 2011, I was about to say that's uh, that's pretty good timing. Yeah. (laughs) So indeed, indeed, indeed. Oh, yeah. Well, well, that's great. Well, this has been State Representative Marlon Anderson. He represents District 76, which is St. Louis City, trying to get Albert Pujols Day, which would be January 16th, through to the legislator to really, as you were saying, Marlon, give Albert Pujols his flowers for everything he's done, not just in St. Louis, but throughout the Missouri area. So once again, that is going to be, that's House Bill 999, and it goes to be voted to committee next week. Marlon, thank you so much for joining us on Show Me Today, The Voice of Missouri. Not a problem. You have a great day. I see you finally got a new helmet. I did. 
spotted Chief online. <laughs> Follow me. We'll turn off here. I'm right behind you. Watch the cars. They can be crazy. Teddy! No! Are you okay? Somebody do something! Was this young man hit by a car? Yes, and his helmet is smashed. It's a brand new helmet! It's probably a fake. Fakes cause real harm. You're smart. Buy smart. Brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council and the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. I drive my bus in a busy city. That's why road safety is so important to me. I know that I must slow down and be extra careful when I make a wide turn. Buses need more room than cars. Everyone can help keep our roads safe. Next time you're driving, remember to give buses plenty of time and space to finish turning before driving ahead. Let's all plan to share the road safely. Learn how at www.sharetheroadsafely.gov. I've been driving trucks for a long time. Safety is my number one priority. I know that my truck has huge blind spots. That's why I remember to check my mirrors often for smaller vehicles. Everyone can help keep our roads safe. Next time you're behind the wheel, try to avoid lingering in those blind spots. It can be dangerous. Let's all plan to share the road safely. Learn how at www.sharetheroadsafely.gov. The first three years of every child's life are critical. Learn more about early intervention. How your baby or toddler plays, learns, talks, acts, and moves give important clues as to how they are developing. If you have any questions or concerns about whether your baby or toddler's development is on track, please call 1-800-515-BABY. That's 1-800-515-2229. Call 1-800-515-BABY. That's 1-800-515-2229. Mom and Dad used to argue about everything, especially about Dad's drinking. My family went from totally crazy to quiet, calm, and even peaceful when Mom started going to Al-Anon family groups. I wanted a better relationship with Dad, so I asked Mom if she would take me to her Al-Anon meetings or to Alateen. I'm sure glad I did. If someone's drinking troubling you, you might be surprised at what you can learn in an Al-Anon or Alateen family group from people just like you. Call 1-888-4-AL-ANON or go to alanon.org. Do you worry about how much someone drinks? Do you feel angry or depressed most of the time? Do you feel neglected or unloved? Do you feel that if the drinker loved you, she or he would stop drinking? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you are not alone. Not everyone trapped by alcohol is an alcoholic. Families and friends are suffering too. Al-Anon and Alateen can help. Call 1-866-200-0223 or visit alanon.org slash help. Show me today the voice of Missouri. Thanks to our guests, Representative Marlon Anderson, Senate Majority Leader Cindy O'Laughlin, amateur astronomer Rhett Walters at Lake of the Ozarks, and Dana Wynn from the Elms Hotel in Excelsior Springs. I'm Bill Pollack. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Show me today.